Welcome, Red Cube listeners, to the future readiness part of our podcast. We are delighted to be joined again by Yvonne Frost, VP of Employee Experience in Popolo. Yvonne, thanks for joining us again. Thanks, Colin. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yvonne, this episode is going to be all around sort of future readiness, but of course, interested in the experience that that you've had right over the last year or so. So I suppose a good place to start is, you know, things have moved remotely since, you know, well over a year. I suppose, how has that been, Yvonne? And what were the highs and and the lows, I guess, for the business? Sure, Carl. I mean... So many times throughout the last 12 months, if you think of uh, kind of February 2020, we were, you know, we thought we were busy and, and you know, we, we thought there's lots going on and we were focused on our media goals. And then literally, I think not only in our, like across the globe, the, the rug was pulled from under us and we all had to adapt to this pandemic as quickly as possible. And, and just the disruption and the unprecedented change was, was incredible. It's really when you look back on it, do you have, you start to get a sense of, of all of the work we had to do to adapt. So it, it's been challenging. I think it's been challenging for everyone. But what I loved about the past 12 months, and definitely from a popular perspective, one of the highs is how people rolled up their sleeves and just got it done, you know, and, and worked together and, and, and focused on building a community and supporting each other and just that can-do attitude. I think absolutely that was the biggest takeaway for me. And I, I you know, I was incredibly proud to be to be part of that and to see what what we achieved as, as a business in that period. I think on the low, on the low piece is watching and observing and not being able to necessarily solve the human impact that this past year has put people through and I think what I mean by that is and and I don't think yet the true impact of it has been has we've been made aware of it but look I mean from my own personal experience but I know people can echo it working and adapting to to remote working I've you know for for small children working from home, trying to, 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 to homeschool, trying to look after them, try to keep everyone happy. Um, the impact, the personal impact on people, I think the pressure of the past 12 months and observing that uh, as part of a, a leadership team and trying to focus on wellness, but actually kind of being, being, being saddened just by the pressure people were under for the, for the 12 months during that period. It's uh, it's been a t- all, all, it's been a tough year for people, and I think that's the the low point of of everything that's happened. And I think not just the the impact of working and adapting to it, just looking out at the, the from a psychological perspective, looking out at the craziness that's happening in the world at that same time, and that level of uncertainty, and uh, we could describe lunacy in some parts of the world that that people had to be spectators of while also keeping focused on doing a good job day to day it's just it's been a t- it's been tough for people and i think um i think observing that and holding people together has been a challenge yeah and i, and I guess like acknowledging that that fact that it's been tough is is, is an important part and and we can't control every part of the pressure and the human experience of on but um you talked about well-being there i suppose any specific examples of things that you perhaps over-indexed uh, over the last year with, with your people um uh, absolutely Carl. what we did early on right is, as you, and you're spot on like as an employer um 
so much of this was outside of our control, but we tried to do an excellent job of what was in our control. And what I mean by that is we had to adapt to 100% remote working. We tried to make sure that our people were communicated to regularly. And I think communication is key. When there's uncertainty, when there's change, and when there is stress. I mean, the whole situation of lockdown and, and everything that is created stress. So stress is our enemy. So one thing that we did straight away, you know, we had, I think it was a month, it's funny, I kind of hardly remember it back, back before it all, but I, it was a monthly newsletter, which, which we used to send out. And we adapted straight away in lockdown to change that monthly newsletter to a daily newsletter. And what happened is that every morning at nine o'clock in the morning, you know, regardless of what craziness was happening in the world, our employees had the consistency of having an email in their inbox at nine o'clock in the morning, particularly at the really acute stages. And it's almost if you know when something is happening, you know, and it's even just a, an empathy piece, just keep talking to people, keep them focused on what they need to focus on. And that newsletter and everyone came together to make sure that newsletter provided content that was there to support people. So what I'm talking about is. We built this community. There was definitely updates on COVID, on guidelines, on what to expect, how to get resources as quickly as possible for your home, home office, or how to get support or where to go with questions and problems. And actually we put together that cross-functional COVID uh, team, how to access them. And it, you know, it was a whole COVID-related piece of it, but also Every Thursday, we have a video update from our CEO and video updates from other leaders in the business so that teams and individuals were kept aligned uh, and they knew that even though they couldn't see it because they weren't physically in the office, they felt and could see the tangible progress we were making towards our strategy. But then on Wednesdays, it was a wellness Wednesday. Not only did we, we were sharing insight and knowledge and tips and tricks that coworkers had, had done around wellness, but we were also talking about, you know, sharing our vulnerabilities, our CEO, Andrew, and, and you know, he would have talked about his experience around, you know, being careful, avoiding burnout and looking after yourself during these times of, of high demands. And that kind of piece that you're not alone, none of us are alone around pressure, mental health. And if you're having a challenge, let us know. So that daily newsletter, I really feel and the feedback from our employees was it kind of kept us all still and focused and things like on a Friday, just simple things recipes to try at home fun competitions lots the whole piece on diversity and inclusion i think every second friday it used to go out but just constant stream of content that people didn't have to read the whole newsletter every day but they had some, there was something in it for everyone but it, it we found a lot of engagement in it. and and if it, it, whether it was business or fun it was important but the other piece call we did around wells and i think we did one or two cycles of this is we brought together our people operations team. And I think it would have been around this time last year. So people had, had started to adapt to remote working, but, but they were out of our line of sight. And anyone in HR and people ops will, will tell you, and actually anyone in leadership or anyone in the business, when you, we have this natural kind of intuition when we're in an office environment, you can kind of read what's going well you're looking at people's body language. If, if you have any concerns about someone, how are they doing? You can kind of spot who's happy, who's not happy, who's stressed, who needs more support. 
it's just a kind of a natural human piece when you're physically interacting with people. But it was a big fear for us that when everyone was remote, how is everyone doing? And, and do we need to put more supports in place and what can we do better? So my team uh, embarked on wellness check-ins. And what we did was everyone in that whole cycle, and I think we did two cycles, everyone in their calendar got a 15-minute check-in and someone from the people ops team rang them and created some time and space to talk about their wellness. How are you doing? What's your routine? Are you making sure you're taking your breaks? Are you finishing on time? Is there anything you're worried about? Do you feel like you're being supported by your by your by the business, by your leaders? Particularly, you know, was it those wellness check-ins were particularly important for people who were new to the business? You know, there were people who had just started and they were, you know, thrown out. You know, we all were to work remotely. So, what making sure at different stages of people's tenure, how are they doing? And what we did was we learned a lot from those wellness check-ins. We knew, found out straight away who needed, needed more support and then rescheduled a number of check-ins to make sure that they, they had everything they needed. And you know what? It was just, it was a human experience of feeling supported and, and actually in some cases, and I know even when I had my wellness check-in, just creating the space to talk about wellness, you, you actually, you know, you kind of have an epiphany yourself, goodness. I'm probably not taking my morning breaks or I, I'm probably working in an unhealthy way or goodness, I'm not getting out to do any exercise or am I eating right? Am I looking after myself? And I am probably exhausted, but even just creating the space to talk that through was a very powerful piece. And it really does, I, I, using that word community is that we're all in this together. And ultimately in our business, there are people sincerely care about each other. And a problem shared uh, is, is always lessened. And I firmly believe in that. So, so that was important. I think we did two to three cycles, but we also work very closely with new employees as well to make sure that, that, that they have someone reaching out to them regularly around wellness and an independent voice to listen to. Wow, there's lots of, lots of great ideas there, Yvonne. I'm, I'm fascinated by the wellness check-ins. And um, you know the way sometimes you'll have a conversation with somebody and... and sometimes the default that they go to is that they're fine and it can be difficult sometimes to encourage people to open up any specific advice or thoughts around how to set the scene and, and set the environment so so people open up i think there's two pieces for that i think look the quality of your relationships uh, i know I, in my, my last podcast call we talked about trust a bit but i think the people who the, the people who if you don't trust the person who who's who's asking you you're all right well that's probably the end of that conversation really it'll be yes i'm fine so i think first of all making sure that there's trust and that that there's openness there okay and actually that the person you're asking knows that you sincerely care about them you know and it's it's not just to take the box exercise what we've done with a lot of my team is that they're trained coaches, so they have that coaching competency skill set, which means that they know how to ask questions and they know how to facilitate those kind of meetings in a way that uh, it works around the individual. And I think as well, there's a sincerity with the people doing the wellness check-ins where it's not just kind of interviewing the person to see how they're doing on the wellness. It's actually sharing their own personal experience as well, you know, in regards to what works for them. And uh, it's not that you're, it's not that the person who's ringing up with the wellness check-in is an expert and has it all worked out themselves. We're all human. We're all, uh, as I say, perfectly imperfect 
and no one has everything worked out. So that's your starting point. Okay. And actually what we find sometimes with those wellness checks, it works both ways. They're both, you know, it's, it's a conversation uh, between two people who trust each other. And, you know, sometimes the person coming out who, who's ringing up for the wellness check-in is coming away with more knowledge than the person who's, who was actually the recipient of the wellness check-in. So it's just a, it's a natural conversation and, and that, that has worked. But I think to be fair to the team involved, they're respected and trusted by the business and they have that those depths of relationships that people will will be quite open with them and they know because they've seen it that there's a sincere a, a sincere want to help it, it's not it's only driven by by sincerity and i think that that's fundamental yeah and you build that trust over time um and uh, in in times of real change it becomes even more useful to have that trust in the bank certainly when you're looking to to dip into those relationships and, and uh, check in with people and see how they're doing did you say Yvonne that An- Andrew shared his some of his own experiences around um, mental health uh, with the business sure and, and it's something that Andrew you know Andrew Shocks CEO has is always actually well before covid and I'm not just saying it because I've worked with him for so many years. And he probably, if he's probably listened to this, he'll get a bit of a smile. But he's an exceptional leader. And, and with that, we would have, have talked around mental health. We run these outside insights uh, where we bring an expert in on different topics. And we would have ran outside insights in the past around mental health and had some really open conversations around mental health. And with that, Andrew would be very open talking about his own personal experiences of um and no surprises there for you know someone like a ceo is this natural tendency to to work so hard that that you don't get that balance right between wellness and and performance so it's something that he's had to realize over the years through a few experiences and he shares those experiences with the rest of our employees showing that vulnerability and also Andrew would be a strong advocate of, you know, talking openly about mental health, mental health and physical health. We have a long way to go when we're talking about mental health. Everyone has had challenges and we've seen that through the sessions. People are quite open around the, you know, the impact of pressure of life. If, if any of us are going to escape at any stage without uh, a mental health, we're very lucky. But I think we're the, we're the, we're, we're the rarity um, and particularly over the last 12 months. But Andrew's always creates that culture of openness, sharing that vulnerability, talking openly about it. And that builds trust as well, um, because you know that people are you're working with leaders who are really invested in wellness and are not afraid to talk openly about their own personal experience as well, which is very powerful. Of course, yeah. And then, and then when it comes to the monthly check-ins, well, people have seen role modelling from the leaders within the business around this this very topic and, and it has to encourage people as well to open up um Yvonne the hot topic at the moment in uh, in workplaces in many workplaces is how will we work post-vaccine I guess post-covid if you like post-vaccine how are you approaching this topic in Populo? Yeah, I think that's the question, isn't it? How, how are we all going to work? Where are we going to be in 12 to 24 months? And what's the future of the workplace like? It's, it's a very exciting time. And I think uh, our approach to that call is, it's interesting. And I think we're probably the same as many businesses. Before COVID, uh, we had a kind of a small, you know, we have an office in Cork, an office in Boston. 
most of our employees were based on, on site. We had a handful of kind of fully remote workers, but that was the kind of minority. But most of us, and myself included, had never experienced uh, full-time remote. So obviously with COVID, we were all thrown into that experience of working full-time remote and now looking, okay, what does the future look like? But, you know, we've experienced 100% office-based. We've now all experienced 100% uh, remote. What no one has experienced, well, very few of us anyway, have experienced some kind of a hybrid where some people are in the office and some people are at home, that kind of split, which is different because there's different needs and wants around that. So what we did, uh, and comes back to a kind of a similar approach to everything we did, Carl, we're trying to understand what has been our, our employees' experience of the past 12 months uh, based on their experience. And I know that working from home during COVID is not the same as what it's going to be post-COVID working from home, because as I said, we've got we're dealing with background noise, homeschooling, lack of, you know, social interaction, you know, outside of work. You know, it's, it hasn't been a, hasn't been a, a proper test of, of the experience. But we, we, based on that and based on, uh, we, we did ask our employees, what do they want? What are they looking for? What do they think for them to deliver great work? What would be their personal ideal wor working setup? We sent out a very detailed survey, sat with a number of, of, of groups to understand what was working well. But ultimately what came back and what the insight was is that people wanted and want greater flexibility. We, we, we have a minority of people who want to work full-time remote, but that, that is, or they want to shift to, to not coming back to the office and we, we can accommodate that. We're kind of looking to accommodate that people who are kind of out, outside of a commutable zone. But for everyone else, what made sense looking on the, the results of the survey and kind of looking to the future of work is giving that flexibility that people can spend their time week by week, kind of per week, spending some of their time in the office, some of their time at home, but that they would have a focus on not just what their needs are really i suppose is naturally in how we work there's we collaborate quite effectively and making sure that they are spending their time in a way that that delivers the best quality of work so for example one big piece which i think is going to be one of the greatest challenges of this we say hybrid working which we'll be adopting when this covid pandemic is over um, but with hybrid working we have the collaboration piece but what our own people were able to verbalize when we asked them is that fear uh, of losing your connection to the business or being able to build that depth of relationships with your coworkers. And they're the things, because you see, I, I find when you, when you, when everyone is reasonable, everyone wants to do great work and everyone wants to be happy in their work. So really what our employees are seeing as, as something they've missed because they've been fully remote are those things. The ability to even something as simple as as properly welcome a new member of your team you're going to need to be in the office to do that but you can work that around the flexibility of being at home at times when you need to do project work or you need to put your head down with no interruptions and make progress on your goals but then also spending time in, in the office where you're collaborating where there's uh, team you know team meetings where you're welcoming people you know when there's specific events that are running in the office so that you ultimately have that those depth of relationships you know you're building cohesive teams and you're able to work 
in a way that does great work. And, and look, that's all our people want. They want to do great work. They want to have a good experience and they want to be part of high performing teams. That's the nature of the people we have in our business. So it's it, this hybrid working is working out how to do that. Absolutely. And in a way of on how we reach the solution is, is almost as important as the solution itself. So whether we land on hybrid or return to the office, fully remote, I think a key element is how we reach that solution. And it's brilliant to see that you're taking, I wouldn't expect anything different from Populo, a, a, a sort of a data-driven approach and then understanding what that data is telling us. Yeah. And, and, and Carl, it worked, you know, if you think about it, right. And you, I think you, you, you've asked me in our last podcast, you know, looking at my career, you know, where I came from and originally I was a designer, but it's taking that design thinking approach to, to the future. Right. And I think what it is, is, you know, the design thinking approach is looking at your user and your user is your fundamentally your employee and the leaders in the business and looking at what their needs and wants are and then designing a solution that's going to match and meet those needs and wants. But we can fully expect, and this is the part that, Carl, I think, you know, we, we, we all understand is that we're going to have to adapt. We're sending out our vision that we're going to have hybrid working. There's going to be challenges, obstacles, ways that we're going to have to work better around everything you know you know how it actually works fundamentally at a at a tactical level and we're going to have to adapt and learn over the next 12 to 18 months to get to the, the optimum setup but i think if you're taking the approach that you're employee centric you're focusing on your business strategy you're working closely with your leaders and you're understanding and you're gathering the insight from your employees and all three you know to make sure that that your solution is meeting those objectives, you're going to have to adapt. I don't think, and I think that's a problem, if you think you can, at this stage, design a solution that's not going to have to adapt and that it's kind of going to be, you can tick the box now and we've got that sorted, you know, it'll be fine when we return to work. None of us know what's the best solution. We have to learn from each other. We have to be nimble on our toes and adapt as need be. Brilliant, Yvonne. Like great, great advice. We have to be flexible in, in our flexible solution, if you like. The, 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 next, the next solution may not, will not be the final decision, right? So let's see what works. Let's learn from it. Let's pool our, pool our learnings, if you like, and adapt and change if we, if we need be. Um, Yvonne mentioned it there. There is a, uh, another great episode that we have with Yvonne uh, Frost from Populo that you can check out if you haven't seen it already. Yvonne, really appreciate your partnership and appreciate you joining us today. Thanks, Carl. It's been a pleasure as always. Redcube listeners, thank you very much for joining us today. Please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already done so. And of course, leave us a review and tell us what topics would you like us to cover in the